What's up? Welcome to a very special Ant-Man-sized episode. <laughs> uh, 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 a half, a dot five, a mini episode of Movie Schmovie. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. uh, my name's Steve. I'm one of the co-hosts, and as always, but this time I'm joined in a car I by Ron <laughs> and John. Uh, so this is the first time we've recorded an episode of any kind together in several years, and, and we're doing it in Ronald's car. In, <laughs> on three different iPhones and three different recordings yes, in the parking lot at Columbia Mall. This is very exciting. This is uh, what it is. Yeah. So we're fresh out of that, man. As, as fresh as you can be, I guess, yeah, right? Man. I guess... Ant-Man and the Wasp. Quantumania. Yes. Quantumania. Say the whole yeah. title. Let's, uh, yeah. And I, I saw someone saying they were surprised that they hadn't made anything in the marketing out of the fact that the, the name Ant-Man is in order in the word Quantumania. Oh, but yeah, the yeah, end yeah. credits, oh. they actually did have the name Ant-Man come up and then the other Quantumania letters faded in. Spoiler so they, alert, John. So they find, well, yeah, there's... there's <laughs> the, <laughs> the title pops up at the end of the movie. I probably shouldn't have revealed that. <laughs> yeah. Talking about uh, all the razzle-dazzle, man. So, yeah, the, we just kind of wanted to do this uh, .5 episode since we just all saw this huge Marvel movie to kick off the Phase 5. Yeah. The 31st Marvel movie. That's insane. Uh, and we're trying to stay away from spoilers, obviously, because yeah. of, you know, we're going to put this out as close to the release as possible. But I don't know where are you guys at. Well, I guess where were we going into it? Like, what where we've talked about this a little bit on our thread. Let's kind of check in on that real quick before we go. Mm-hmm. I was tapped out, man. I'm 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 a little tapped out of superhero movies. I've just been seeing a ton of them, and they're in front of me everywhere. They come on TNT. They come on Pluto. They come on, you know, they're on Disney Plus enhanced. So it, it feels like I've been kind of inundated with kind of the past movies, but I wanted to see something that felt a little different. So and you was, mean beyond just Marvel? You're talking about super, all the yeah, super, like DC, all, yeah, all of it. DC, just all of it. I'm so too sorry. much of it. Okay. okay. All of it, yeah. I, I, would, I would chip in on that thought and just say franchise fever yeah. has been bringing me down a little bit. Just all these plotted out things where there's five or six movies coming and you're hearing all the news and even though it's like part of that conversation that we like to tap into sure, for the sure. show, I do sometimes think, like I said before this movie, if Marvel's going to turn into this thing where they just put out these like decent movies with fun parts in them yeah. that I enjoy, I don't know where the need to rush out and see them is, and I don't I don't see where the the need to have a big conversation about them. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah, yeah, yeah. they wouldn't take up so much of our real estate on the show if mm-hmm. there hadn't been this period where those movies were like fun and exciting to talk about and felt like there's something about the zeitgeist i've been talking with my son a lot about this because he's 15 and he's kind of grown up with marvel and he kind of like he was excited to see this one and he's excited to see guardians like those are movies that he's actually excited to see but he was noting like that's the first marvel stuff in a while that he's really felt that like pre-sold in his bones excitement about um and i think i kind of mirror that feeling did you guys do your ranking of of uh phase four or are we just going to skip that we can go through it quickly i mean yeah yeah, just is this just the films? I actually I put the shows in my list. Oh man, I didn't make I, a, did I, didn't, I didn't make a list, but all right, you you can go through yours. I'll just go down can, my list just yeah. because we were talking about we the beginning of Phase Five. Bounce now, off of it. Yeah. this was my take on Phase Four from oh. from, uh, and, and when I say worst to best, uh, I. For me, worst is still decent. Like, I don't think any of the stuff they put out sucked in Phase 4. I just think that there was that loss of focus that we're obviously reacting to. So I would say, all right, from the bottom to the top, Miss Marvel, She-Hulk, What If... 
Hawkeye, Love and Thunder, The Eternals, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, Moon Knight, Falcon and Winter Soldier, Black Widow, Wakanda Forever, WandaVision, Guardians Christmas, Shang-Chi, and Werewolf by Night at the top of the list. Holy shit, yeah. all that's phase four. Yeah. yeah it's crazy when you start listing off the T and you include the show. Oh, wait, Spider-Man Far From Home. Yeah, I was going to say, where's that? Uh, that'll probably be at the top. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, that's really good. Uh, oh, no, wait, No Way Home. Yeah, yeah, no way, huh? No way right, right, right. Um, that should be at the top of the list. It's, it's something that Feige, uh, Kevin Feige, uh, has kind of commented on recently about, like, I guess the refocusing of some of the Disney Plus shows and, like, how they haven't really announced premiere dates right, right. for, like, this year uh, of what they have coming. And that it's kind of stepping back, slowing down, allowing more focus on the quality of these shows, giving mm. them some space to breathe a little bit. Because it does feel like, even as you go down that list, <clears throat> and like listening to you, a lot of the bottom of your list is a lot of the Disney Plus shows. <laughs> yeah. And I think that's not even like you said, John, it's like not a really cut on the quality overall, but right. it does feel like some of those shows suffered from a rush to get out or not not enough space with all this story and world building and characters being introduced. So, you know, if that's their intention is kind of spaced out a little bit more, you know, maybe it's cliche, but quality over quantity, you know, things like that. Hopefully, we would do this at phase five and rank things. You don't have, yeah, <laughs> I probably would, you know, align with a lot of what you're saying, but like a lot of Disney Plus stuff wouldn't be at the bottom of the list. Right. Because mm. um, it does feel like generally, even walking out of the theater, I heard some people talking about the Disney Plus shows. Yeah. Because uh, of uh, you know something that happens <laughs> towards right. the end of this movie. Let's just say, but a Disney Plus show gets teased in this. Sure, in this sure. Movie. And I think that it's you know, and that makes a lot of sense because I think they're really kind of pressing this crossover between the shows and the movies. So I mean, for me in general, without really thinking about the ranking, I do think that a lot of the Disney Plus shows with I don't yeah would would probably fall down pretty far on my list. Um, I did. I did really like it's. It's a special presentation, but the werewolf by night would be high. I really like that a lot. Um, is Loki season four? I mean, phase four. Oh, wait, you know, Loki. I forgot that one. Yeah, so Loki would be pretty high. Loki on would my be list. pretty high for me too. That would probably yeah. be in my top. I, I, I honestly, I jotted that list down just today, just because I was trying to think about what phase four. Because I mean, again, having enjoyed some of the things, yeah, uh, but not just. It's it's been a lot of like, but not love with all that stuff. Totally but agree. but I do think Loki would be probably yeah top top five. But you're right that like that's still. The Werewolf by Night, and I, I like the Guardians Christmas special, and then Loki season one. Like those are the ones that really stand out as the the the, the most cohesive, complete things yeah. that they did. Like the other shows that I liked, they all WandaVision, uh, Winter Soldier, Falcon and Winter Soldier, Moon Knight. They all suffered greatly by by the time they got to the end of episode six um, or the end of their run. They had sort of spun out, and yeah. or and WandaVision. I really think it just it felt like. That almost should have been a movie. Like I think if that if that had been a a, a movie, that storyline with those characters would have probably had the emotional like oomph that it needed to have. But by the time it got to the end of the episodes, it was like, well, there was supposed to be a big finale. It felt like they were trying to do something on a TV budget yeah. that that you need to do on a movie budget. Yeah. So I think that's a big problem. I mean, Ronald, what do you think? Do you think the shows suffer a little bit from? From that, like it's it's a weird quasi mixture of what you expect from television and what you're used to from the movies. Yeah, from the movies. Yeah, I mean it's a. I, I've been really hard on the shows, but it's a crazy undertaking to try to connect these things into something that feels cohesive, 
but also doesn't feel like a skimping on the money, but you have to be a little more conservative on the money. And, but there is a, still a quality to it that exceeds, you know, I don't, I, don't, I, I want to stop getting into getting in the habit of like shitting on something to praise something else. Right. But I will say this. <laughs> there are lots of comic book based TV shows that are not nearly as good as the Disney stuff. I'm not going to say any oh, names. Yeah. I'm not going to call anything out. Um, but I can tell you unequivocally that this is my favorite movie in the the, the current phase. I mean, the, it's the, the only the one, one we just saw. The one we just saw? Yeah. It's the it's, first movie. Yeah, that's what I'm yeah. saying. So one for one for one. It's my favorite. <laughs> it's my favorite no, in the phase. I'm saying right now it's my favorite in phase five. And if you're asking me to compare it to the previous <laughs> one, it it is... So one thing I will say about it is that it is stranger than Doctor Strange was. Yeah. And sure. I love that about it. No, I love know. that it committed to whatever it was trying to do. But, but, it was know, Ant-Man and the Wasp in the Multiverse of Madness. It, it was, was much closer to yes. that title than, than it that was, movie. It was Dune. Way. It was Star Wars. It was Star Wars. Yeah. Yeah. But it felt Dune-ish when they, you know, when they kind of ran into some of the, you know, the people there. It yeah. felt like... It, it really had something that felt unique, man. Like I won't, I haven't seen anything like it in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, which I think is really important. Which is what maybe I know that we've kind of seen people on Earth for quite some time, and, and space has been like the focus, kind of between the fourth and yeah. and maybe now. But I think this, you know, seeing the current ratings that it has for it, I feel like. It was undershot, man. This thing was really cool. I was thinking about that low uh, Rotten Tomatoes score. Yeah, yeah. And we all know Rotten Tomatoes is deceptive. It doesn't mean that's the grade critics are giving it on average. Right, it right, means right. that's the percentage of critics that either gave it a thumbs up or a thumbs down. In general. And, and a lot, right. And a lot of those yeah. thumbs down are like... 2.5 out of 4 or 3 out of 5 stars yeah, not not sure. not not saying it's horrible but there's a lot of one stars and no stars too but I, I i don't know there's so much going on with the critical reaction to this movie that we were talking about a little bit before we saw it and i almost wish i didn't have that in my head but in some way i wonder if it loosened me up because it i did i up. did sit down yeah, i did, did sit down thinking gosh what if i what if this is you know the first marvel movie that really disappoints me that much cuz other ones have been not great but they haven't been ones i was looking forward to as much as I was this one. Right, yeah. But I like Peyton Reed as a director in this world. I like the cast of characters. I like Paul Rudd in this role. Like Rocket Raccoon and Ant-Man are my two favorite MCU characters. So this spring is a big one for me. I sat down and I felt like I was watching a real, a real, not just a real story in, in this world that I kind of kind of cared about from the first scene, yeah. but I thought the stuff they were showing me was cool. Uh, I, it, it does still have that kind of Marvel CGI murk to yeah. some of the visuals, yeah. but it's at least imaginative what they're showing you, and about half of the visuals did pop for me, or did feel at least like, I can't tell you what a quantum realm really looks like, yeah, yeah. so I don't know that this looks fake, but I think on top, it's really about the characters, and this movie has like a good family of characters that I legitimately, I, I, the actors are fun to see, I just had warm feelings going into this, and I thought the adventure and the story was was solid, and it was funnier than I expected. I really do think the, those those reviews gave me a, a perspective that was a little bit different. Um, but on top of that, I do think that this one just feels a little bit more like it's part of that, whatever that thing we've been saying is missing, I feel like this movie has those elements of 
things that I'm curious about how they're going to play out and, right. and, and sure. things I'm curious about other characters coming into the story that's been laid out or set up or begun or whatever we want to say this movie does for phase five. I think most importantly probably is, is Kang. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I feel like, you know, you're right. I feel like the, the early response to this movie uh, definitely kind of softened me up a little bit because, like, I was not really like to the moon about this one except for the fact that it was going to be a bigger introduction to kang and i do like ant-man and the idea of phase five kicking off but like i just feel like my concern coming out of where we just talked about with phase four was just like a little bit of you know a little bit of bloat a little bit of weak like storytelling in general and diluting the brand right exactly so I think, you know, me personally reading some of that stuff, I didn't really read any reviews. I just kind of went off of the general consensus about, oh, right, like, you know, there's a couple of critics that I read that I really kind of respect and follow regularly that were kind of, you know, cooler on it. And I kind of feel like that helped me a lot because, I don't know, I think my expectation mainly because of the king of it all and kicking off phase five, like, yeah. there's a lot of weight for what I'm... For a movie to do that in this MCU and for it to be an Ant-Man movie. Yeah. And if we think about that, it's like beyond Spider-Man No Way Home, which was always going to be this big event, you know, Marvel tentpole. You know, it's kind of crazy to think about where they are right now where a Doctor Strange film and an Ant-Man film are really the two pillars of, like, the propping up of what the MCU is right now. Yeah, and where it is maybe going to go. Exactly. So I just feel like that's also just like a, a, a... you know, a temperature check on where the MCU is, that yeah. these are the characters that really are propping it up. So, yeah, going in for me, like, I definitely like the movie more than I thought I would. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm probably a little cooler on it than you guys. Um, I just really enjoyed, uh, <laughs> really, I love Jonathan Majors. Like, yeah. Yeah. I just, you know, the moments where he really got to dig in, whether it's the scenes with Michelle Pfeiffer or, you know, Paul Rudd, I think those moments where we kind of got to sit with that character a little longer beyond just this idea of this, overpowering, overshadowing figure that yeah. people refer to as he, him, whatever. You know, once you get into that a little more, I thought that stuff was just great. Um, in general, like, you know, the whole quantum realm, the the the, the look of it was fine by me. Um, you know, I think there's, like, a little bit of, uh, like, silliness in the movie that, I, I, like, a lot of it works, but some of it didn't work for me. Um, and that's kind of... I don't know, like, I guess script stuff. I just yeah. kind of yeah. fall that. I've been falling towards that a lot recently with some of the MCU, yeah. MCU movies, which is just kind of wearing me down a little bit where it's bothering me more cumulatively. I just want to talk about that script issue because I do agree that there's moments in this movie where I felt like, okay, this script could have used another polish maybe in terms of some of the dialogue punch-ups. Exactly. But structurally and in, in terms of the exposition it provides for some of these bigger things, I thought that stuff was handled really well maybe not always the dialogue itself but just where the reveals were in the movie and how this movie took uh the appearance of kang technically we've kind of seen this character before uh if you know you know Mm -hmm. um and uh and i don't know i feel like this movie had a lot to do that it did reasonably well within a story that made sense like exposition that they need to set up for this phase five right but it fit within this story so it felt like a story that was somewhat self-contained, even though they're talking about stuff that's going to be huge going right. forward. Right. So I kind of had that same thing, Steve. It felt like it was kind of jerking me around a little bit of like, oh, that scene was really cool, and I liked that notion, and I liked that. Maybe there were some jokes that worked for me, but you're right, right that there was like, even in some of the kind of serious moments, things were written in a sort of basic way where I was realizing, oh, this is working for me right now because this is Michelle Pfeiffer delivering this, or this totally. is this is Paul Rudd delivering this. Absolutely. Um, and, but you mentioned the scenes, too. Like, there was 
was some great like scene partnership in this movie. I thought that Michelle Pfeiffer had oh had great yeah. moments with several people. I was really glad to see her have more to do. Um, and I think I wish I had the name of the actress that plays Cassie off the off the top of my head. But I think that she feels like they're setting up somebody who who's got that charm and snap. And and fun quality of yeah. of a Marvel character that yeah. you might want to see more of, you know. So that that part I thought was successful. And yes, Jonathan Majors. That's the sort of He's that's just, the sort of secret. As like you're wondering, like, how does he play? And yeah. and Kang plays great. And yes, he's very theatrical, and he gets to do so much acting, but it doesn't feel like too much. Yeah, yeah. He's just he, he's a special. He, he's really he's good. he's special, man. I think one thing that's really important, maybe that we should tell people in terms of whatever King is to be in this phase is that the thing that you waited for Thanos at 10 years or you're getting in this movie and one movie, which is really cool. The, the, uh, the, the purpose of this character, the motivations, how brutal he can be. Yes. The scope of what he can do. You really get all of that in one movie that you, that you were getting in those little glimpses of, Thanos, you know, on the throne at the end of some movies, a whisper here and there about him, a relationship between Thanos and, and a child, let's yeah. say. This this stuff you're getting really cool glimpses of who this character is between a certain show and this. <laughs> you have a good amount of information about this this villain. You'll probably find out many, many layers of it because of you know his his motivations and how how far he spans into the world. Ronald, but, did you feel that little bit of like excitement that like oh they're setting up mysteries about this character, having him refer yeah. to what he knows and what's coming, but realizing oh they have a plan, even if it's going to be a few years and a few movies, like yeah. they're setting up things that they intend to reveal. And I know that's how they get us with these franchise movies, mm -hmm. but I actually felt like it's almost like it felt like I was watching an episode of Lost or something where they're just referring to things that characters are like, wait, what? Yeah. And there's no answer given yet. But unlike Lost, where they didn't know quite what, where they were going when they started the show, yeah. I really do feel like that's one thing when they announced all these movies, you know, instead this is like leading up to an Avengers movie where Kang is the villain. Mm -hmm. It makes you realize, oh, this might be the little structure over which we're going to see some of these payoffs for the stuff that wasn't resolved in this. This is exciting. And so it didn't feel incomplete at the end of it. I thought that, you know, if the question is, how can they introduce a new villain mm -hmm. and have him be the villain of a movie where theoretically we want to see the good guys have some kind of a victory, yeah. I, 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 without saying more, I just think the movie did a good job of threading that needle um, without making the heroes seem like screw-ups who can't do anything right and also without making Kang feel like he's a one-and-done joke, you know? So, yeah. um did anybody have like a favorite moment or or character or something that really pops out, other than Kang? Uh, but it could be a Kang moment. I mean, honestly, I think my favorite moment in the movie is probably when uh, I'm trying to stray away from a spoiler here, but there's a sequence towards the end of the movie where Kang and Scott are just fighting each other. Yes, <laughs> uh, it's like, like brutal, like bloody. No, there's no superheroness of it at all. Yeah, like you know, the idea of both of their powers being drained from them in some way or removed from their tool set in some way, and you just have two men, two characters, two forces in their in their own respects. Uh, just going at it. Like, you know, I think in a movie, especially like this, where there's tons of CG, lots of yeah. set pieces, environments that we've never seen before, you know, when it comes down to a moment where, like, the, the central conflict of the movie is, like, 
you know, this idea of keeping your word or like what, what's loss equal or what is it worth? Yeah. Um, or the sacrifice to, to, to what it's worth to see that kind of collide in just a hand to hand fight. Yeah. Uh, which yeah. we don't see a lot, you know, right. you, you're just blown away by visuals and like flying around and going big, going small, whatever. And that stuff's awesome. And there's some really cool sequences like that too. But I really felt when they started fighting each other, yeah, and like you know that had the biggest impact on me, and I think that's like a that's a compliment to the movie. And Steve, oh, yeah. w- w- how often, even in Black Panther, both Black Panther totally. movies, exactly. where the climax could theoretically be a brawl that feels that visceral, yes. they always rely on so much CGI that it takes away a little bit. And they they corrected that a little bit in Wakanda Forever, but it still was lacking <clears throat> that feeling you're talking about of yes. oh, Jonathan Majors and Paul Rudd had a fight scene. Yeah, yeah exactly. not, n- not them CGI. Their faces CGI on a bunch of stringy and like you know, gummy flying around right. the it was like yeah. an actual like right. close brawl yeah I thought that was really well and, done and the notion that technically Scott Lang should be outmatched by Kang is like not something I've seen so many people talk about that like that's a liability of this movie but I feel like the movie wears that on its sleeve sure. like that's one of the points of the movie yeah, is yeah. that there's gotta be someone better than Ant-Man to take care of a problem this big um, luckily he's got the wasp she had a lot more to do in this or she had some cool yeah. action moments yeah. um, but no I think that uh, yeah I like the little family of characters in this movie and I'm glad that we I'm glad we got to see them kind of go on this very very Star Wars-y adventure like like right down to the fact that there's even a character who um, I feel like there might even be lines lifted from Empire Strikes Back uh with regards to uh, Bill Murray's character and how he fits into the story. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, there's yeah. a trajectory that he's on that's, like, almost identical uh, beat for beat for our character that's in Empire Strikes Back. Well, even, like, Hope, when she's got that, like, like that like hoodie on with the goggles oh, on yeah, it. Yeah, it's, yeah. like, very Jedi, yeah. you know, Return of. There's a, there's a thing that... Jedi, comma, Return of. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want it to be confused with The Last, which right, there was no, also a sequence in this when, when Janet's standing in that uh, open... When they're all in that open... <laughs> Desert, and yeah. there's like that one ship coming towards I them. That. Yeah, that kind of looked a little like uh, Last Jedi. That, yeah. that shot across the salt field. Um, what about I, you? Any standout scenes? Uh, well, just King. Yeah. Uh, I was gonna say something that I've been thinking about a lot about writing styles in the past like 20, 30 years. <clears throat> There's like this realism that's been coming in superhero movies, where like essentially what's what's happened is. The difference, the shift in writing is like before every villain was like, I'm the villain. (laughs) Right. And then there was like this refocus where somebody was like, every villain doesn't think of themselves as a villain. Right. None of them do. None of them do. Right. Or almost none. Yeah. And we've kind of come to this evolution where this character doesn't care. Where the where it's like you could be the villain to somebody, you could be the it doesn't matter. He feels like he exists almost outside of yeah. good and bad in a it's way. Like all that stuff he doesn't care about. He just cares about this idea that he has. I love that. And it's something that we haven't really seen before. I mean, I really liked it in, in like kind of some of the Thanos speeches. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but this is a different thing. Whatever he has is a little bigger, the scope of what he wants to do feels a little bigger than Thanos. You're right. It's like if is is it's as if and we don't really know what it is yet. Yeah, we don't know. But even it's know. as if we got all that character development that we got of Thanos in Infinity War. Yeah. If we got that before we saw any of phase 2. Right. Like yeah, so sure. we're we're now dealing with a character, not just a an idea and we still don't know what the plan is. Um, you know, I want to get back to the the critical response thing, too. I, Ronald and I were talking about this before you came in, Stephen. I just am curious what you think about this. Because I do think this is a major factor in what's happening um, in, with those reviews. I think that 
it's only like the last 10 years or so that popcorn movies like this have gotten critics to somehow buy into them and and talk about them like they're like they're prestige movies. Mm-hmm. It's not that unusual for a for a movie like this to get drubbed by critics, really. Um What's unusual is that now critics are being much more blunt, honest, harsh, whatever, about specifically Marvel movies. Like, uh, someone pointed out that uh, Ant-Man and the Wasp had an 87% on Rotten Tomatoes. Um, now, that movie's a delight. I love it. But it's not critic-proof. Do you know what I mean? It's yeah, not the kind yeah, of thing yeah. that you would think of that many critics just loving. And that really got me to thinking, what do you think, Steve, about that Like that fatigue that we've talked about? The As fans looking for some spark, something to hook us in, don't you think that critics reacted in a similar way to phase four of saying like, oh, we were acting like these movies were special, (laughs) but now we're having to admit maybe we got taken. These are the same B movies and they're kind of cheesy and they don't quite connect. Like, and I'm not saying that that's how I feel, but I'm saying critics, you know, about this type of movie. So I'm not that surprised that this movie got such, didn't have critics falling over themselves for it. But given the Marvel movies in the past that critics have enjoyed, I'm a little surprised that some of those same critics didn't find more to enjoy about this movie. You know what I mean? Like, it just doesn't feel like this is the problem. Of all the Marvel movies that have come out that might make you worry about the quality control, this is not the this is not the tip of the spear for that, for me. Right. So, I don't know. I just didn't know if you thought about that. No, like, I mean, de- there's definitely something there. I think it's a, a combination of of kind of what you said about... I, I don't think that, like, their, their enjoyment of the ones that came before Phase 4 or, like, how those ones had higher ratings really is, like, a, a change in how they're necessarily, like how they're doing their job in reviewing films. I think that those movies did feel a little different and they did feel a little more special because yeah. there simply weren't as much of them. They did right. feel more event. And you got to also, a bit, the other part of this that I think that we have to keep in mind is just the landscape of what even comes out anymore. Right. And the fact of like, if you look at the ratio of what's being released and like what is, you know, franchise IP, what is original films, what is straight up Marvel related, you know, that ratio, you know, especially post phase three and, you know, the pandemic of it all and what's happening with that theatrical, I think that there's just a a change in what they're even uh, seeing. Yeah. So I feel like not only has Marvel pumped out more content in phase four than they did like for, I don't know, the majority of two and three, if not all of two and three. But like more middling content exactly. as well. Yeah. And I think it's just kind of a, it's kind of a collision of a real, I, I mean, call it as it is, I feel, is that there is a quality issue with yeah. the Marvel stuff. And again, John listing his phase four rankings, the worst, the best, the worst is still not like horrible. Right. It's still a good thing that I enjoy. But when you look at what came before and the highs of those uh, films or that those phases, I just think there's a lot. There's a collision happening with you know what what they're willing to overlook or what they're or what they're just genuinely enjoying because I just feel like in general, like you know, Phase Four wasn't that great. I don't think. Well, it's kind of like if someone invited you to their house and they gave you a decent burger, right? Yeah. And they were really fun to hang out with. <laughs> you would be like, man, this burger is awesome for sure. And then one day you come over and they're giving you the same burger, but now they're being kind of aloof. You'd be like, I don't like this burger as much. Or if I go over once that month, and then like I go over every week from that point forward. Yeah, right. Then, then, then like, they're like, could we make this a daily right. thing? The economy of scale <laughs> for my enjoyment of that burger, it's going to wane after some time. No, you're right. And they got the challenge of like, I'm going to add that topping to that burger right. to, to keep yeah. Steve interested. Well, that's what they're trying to do. They're trying with to put Disney some quantumania Plus. sauce on, right. on that burger. And they're yeah. putting the shit series and all these, you know, and they're trying. But I think they've identified the fact that there's just I think there's too much and I think there's a quality issue. Yeah. But but to speak to this film, I, I do think this movie is better than the 
numbers reflect. Yeah. I do think that uh, I'm very curious what the audience yeah, uh, score is going to be, the cinema score for this. Um, I, I think it's going to be one of those inverse things where I think audiences probably will enjoy this more than a critical response. And even the cinema score uh, hopefully reflects that. I'm, I'm, I would be shocked if it was anything lower than like a B. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it's it's a really fun character. And uh, even the, the perspective that in the film, Ant-Man is in the world, you yes. know, post-Endgame, post all this Phase 4 stuff, I think just kind of plays into... The, his importance, you yeah. know, you know, and 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 how much people enjoy him, or at least who they think he is. Yeah. Steve, I, I told Ronald this, but like I'd read somewhere that Peyton Reed said that like he came to Marvel and said, I, "If we're doing a third Ant Man movie, I kind of want to do a, a you know one that's not a palate cleanser for the right. for the bigger movies." And they said that there had been an idea at some point that one of the Avengers movies would start off an Avenger movie. And then the team would get taken out, and Ant Man would be the only one left to take wow. care of the mm. issue. And they said, "What if we just make Quantum Mania that that like yeah. this is an Avengers movie, but he's the only Avenger available?" Yeah. And I was like, "Scope wise, yeah." And, and there, I think they kind of did yeah, that. Yeah, but the cool there. thing is, he does have his little team now. Like there is like there's three of these shrinking and growing people that have different you know, different ways of manifesting their powers. That I but I love that notion, and I really yeah. love that. Like it's kind of like. You know, it's Paul Rudd's turn <laughs> at yeah. bat in that way. Yeah. And I think it's interesting to see that maybe they have set him up to be like, uh, you know, like <laughs> as pivotal as Robert Downey Jr. was yeah, before. Yeah, an outer statesman of the Avengers. Yeah, in a yeah. sense, right. Yeah. No, I mean, yeah, he's, he's, he's there. He deserves it. What, one thing that is a little weird about everything that's happening right now, and this this is not... The fact that we're sitting in a car and we're all kind of sweating? Yeah. This is not... <laughs> There's a, a Shake Shack right there. Shake like Shack right. Mine. Speaking of burgers, you guys. <laughs> fuck you guys. I'm going to probably get a good burger right now. I want the plant burger before this. Let's go. Um, There's one thing. So good. Oh, oh, I was going to say, the one thing that is very interesting is I still don't know what the fuck... This phase is. It's happening, yeah. Yeah, it's and and that's one thing that'll come out of uh, uh, people are still gonna have questions because it's it's no fault of Ant Man's. It's just at first, you know, with with all the phases, we still knew that we were moving towards something, and we do know that there's a there's a North Star at some point. Right. The Kang's coming. Kang's coming. But yeah. what else is happening? What's the meat and potatoes in between besides Ant Man? And and Ant Man's amazing, but like. No, I know what you're saying. What, who are the the current Avengers? Are the Thunderbolts coming? What the hell's going on? Like, right. where are we? Yeah. Where are we in this world right now? I think there's a lot of hesitance even to what they're committing to and announcing. Mm. Or like, I think there's a lot. I, I think behind the scenes, there's like a sense of things being retooled a little, or, you be. know, yes. adjusted a little bit. Yeah. You know, a lot of things have come up and changed in even some of the slate that they've announced. And... Some movies may even be coming off the table in terms of their placement in the phases that they were announced in. Mm. Looking at you, Blade. But um, <laughs> I don't. I don't really know. Where are you, Blade? Yeah. Where'd you go? I, yeah. I feel like. I feel like you're. You're right. I feel like there's, and that's been the the criticism of of the phase. And that, I'm you know not to kind of harp on it, but it just feels like it was a lot of just content pumping out. Yeah, get it sure. out. We got to keep people in on it. But like in on what is the question? Yeah, the idea yeah. that there's going to be a big bad named Kang in this phase, and you know there's going to be a movie called the Kang. Di you know they're they're saying this information. That's information on paper. Yeah. But of what we've seen, whether it's in the theater or on Disney Plus, it's like what is that connective tissue? Yeah. That what is that line through it all? That 
was it felt a lot more clear yeah, in other phases sure. and even of the Infinity you know, saga, it was much clearer. I think it I felt think. clear because there it was a simple universe they were working with. But yeah, if you sure. think back to those early movies leading up to the Avengers, like the Thanos thing was sort of like something people knew on paper, but it, it didn't really click in the movies until we got real on screen Thanos. Right. So I do feel like they, they've got more they've got more They've got more on the table than it might seem as far as what they've already set up here. But I do agree that, like, getting that trust back, that it's going to feel momentous. Like, this movie felt momentous and interesting to me. Um, I, I'm hoping this is just the way they feel now, again, and that right. they've, they've kind of shaken off those top of the... Like, we can't do any wrong, yeah, uh, yeah. you know, like, whatever that middle period is, um, you know, because it definitely is like, like you've said, Steve, it's got to be a collision of different things because too many people are having the same conversation. Even people that like these movies are yeah. kind of going like, I don't know, I kind of feel like I'm doing it out of obligation. And to me, Quantumania, that's the little fire that Quantumania proved I can still have in my belly yeah, of like, cool. oh, no, I'm still sort of hooked in, you know, to, yeah. to this. It doesn't mean it's perfect. But I wonder if it, if it had come out in phase four, would I like it better than a lot of the stuff in phase four? And I really do think if this movie came out, I mean, I've just saw it. So I don't want to be the kid who just saw it and says it's my favorite movie. But like, I think I would like it better than a lot of the stuff in Phase Four. If if it, if, it, <laughs> yeah. if I was ranking it on that list with the other Phase Four stuff, so I'm excited. This this wasn't my favorite, but it was. But it's your favorite of Phase Five. Yeah, my favorite. It is my favorite. Let, let, hey, you know what? Let's all agree on one thing tonight. <laughs> yeah. This is our favorite MCU film of Phase Five. Absolutely. One hundred percent. One out of one. They're batting a thousand. Yes. yes. There we go. Yeah. So. That, <laughs> This is promising, man. You see, Kang, Kang literally was giving him three, four hit combos, <laughs> reminiscent of his his villainy in in, in Creed. Uh, Jonathan Majors is a star. I thought his costume looked great too. Oh, his armor, crazy. whatever you want to call it, looked really great. And there's something like this. This kind of proves to me that all right. This is this is this is what I'll say. Finally, Paul say Rudd. Paul yeah. Rudd is incredible. He's a star. We know that. But I think what I'm looking for right now is the ones, you know, Disney's kind of made, Disney Marvel's kind of made a business of getting us lesser known characters. I think I'm ready for somebody big this phase. Mm -hmm. I'm ready for some, I'm ready for a Silver Surfer. Of well, we're getting Fantastic Four Avengers. soon. Yeah, you know? Fantastic Four. I'm ready for somebody I'm familiar with. From my childhood that I grew up with that I didn't read in like an offshoot of a civil war or a secret war. I really, I'm ready for somebody, a main character. Because we have these characters now. That's kind of what Steve was saying. Yeah. Is like, what is, the, they what? keep mentioning the Avengers and yeah. being an Avenger in this movie. But we don't have a mental image of what the Avengers even mean yes. at this moment in time. Even if one X-Man comes to the Avengers, something weird like that. Like, I'd be like, I want us to, I want them to shake up our expectations. Because this feels... Like crazy! I love the direction it's in, and with the post-credit scenes, you kind of get the scope of what's going on. Give us something crazy after this. That's what I want. Okay. So this was a pretty crazy movie. So you're saying keep it crazy. Keep it crazy, man. I, I, I'm kind of with you. Keep I'm kind of with you. Keep like if you keep in, injecting the craziness with a little bit of heart and a little bit of groundedness, the way that this yeah. movie did. Like there's one insane character in this movie that actually gets some really funny beats. Yeah. But also, it's the way they handle that insane character is is like kind of what you're saying. It's weird, but with a little bit of something yeah. else. Yeah. Yeah. Some heart. And that's just, just to bring it back to. 
the uh, conversation we've had so many times in which I think we, we still... Do you still always ice cream? Is that what yes. it was? Yes. Yeah, ice cream yeah, scoops? Yeah. I do all you guys. And we've talked about it so many times, but it's just like the stakes of these movies. Yeah. Because yeah. I think... There's a couple moments in this film where you even, start to even wonder. Even when the trailer yeah. came out, we had conversations about, oh, okay, here we go. Yeah. There's some steaks. <laughs> I'm talking like loss of life, not steaks like at a yeah. burger spot yeah, or anything yeah. like that. Um, True, you don't mean shakes? I might mean shakes. This movie has it, high cause, shakes Because I got a lot of peripheral going on here. I just see that there's logo. There's a whole shack full of shakes um, right over here. But yeah, I just feel like, you know, there's there. I hope they don't lose sight of that also because yeah. part of me, you know... And to echo everything you said on past episodes of the podcast, it's like you need to be reminded that there are stakes. Yeah, the yeah. story's going somewhere. That, got, that's one of the aspects of a story going somewhere. Yeah. And and you know, and I think that's something that I I don't know. I feel like um, there's been a presence of it in some of the films, in some of the series, in Phase Four. Yeah. Um, but I don't know if I don't know if the occurrences are really like driving a lot of the story. Yeah. Um, yeah. But you know, we'll see. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I thought this was very enjoyable. I thought it was fun. Um, you know, what issues I have with it are, are pretty minor, just in terms of you know the overall experience. I do. I think I think there's enough there to kind of push me to the positive side for it for sure. Yeah. And yeah, uh, yeah I don't know. Kang, man. Kang. Jonathan Majors. Dang. Kang. Dang Kang. Dang Kang. <laughs> uh, yeah, and, and it's, you know, I think what happened with this episode that we're recording now, it went from being an Ant-Man episode to a Giant Man episode. It went right. It went yeah. from a, or, 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 or like, this is this is Paul Rudd at normal human size. Is that what it was? It's, it's, it's the in-between. It's yeah. just like the OG Scott Lang. Okay, got it. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, that's our post-screening I guess we're saying go ahead. We're kind of bucking the trend yeah, of our critical I, brethren. And saying, I would say yeah. go ahead, man. If if you're looking for, you know, like a fun family movie that's got some that's got some stakes in the sense yeah. of a movie like this. I I felt the same thing you were saying, Steve, about the stakes. But I felt like this almost felt like it's not the movie to make for us it. Yeah. to feel really down. Yeah. But I do think the suggestion that things can get really bad from here is it's it's there. You know what yeah, I mean? So. Sure. So I would say if you were wondering if this is going to be a memorable Marvel movie or a forgettable one, this to me feels like a, a memorable one. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. All right, cool. Moviesmovie.com is the website. Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania is in theaters now by the time you're hearing this. Yeah. Um, we'll be back next week with a full episode, a 9.5 episode. Yes. And uh, we'll get around to uh, required viewing picks from last week, which was mine, which is called The Dry. So, Ooh, that's right. Um, that's all I got, guys. As always, you've been our day. Thanks. Bye. Now let's get out of this car. <laughs> <laughs> that was fun, man. Steak or shake, what do you think? Mm-hmm.